The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. I'm so happy to have you here today. We have a, uh, a great uh, schedule in store for you today. We're going to be talking about infidelity. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, what does it mean when, um, you know, you're, you're, you're doing everything right in the relationship, you're honorable, uh, you're above board, and unfortunately, your mate cheats on you. How does it affect you? How does it affect her? How does it affect the relationship? Is it solvable? Is it curable? Uh, can the relationship withstand this? Um, otherwise, is it always in the back of your mind that she's going to cheat on you again, even if you try to, to make amends with it? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, if you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about the power of intention. What does it mean when you plan for something? What does it mean when it comes true? So um, anyway, that was last week's show, and you can catch up on this show and any and all previous shows from my archive. In fact, we have a new feature this week. Um, and it is, uh, we have the SoundCloud app up and running in addition to my TuneIn. So yet again, another way to uh, find my previous shows. Oh my gosh, I was playing around on SoundCloud and it is so much fun. It is so addictive. <laughs> you will have to try this out. So how do you find me? Um, you Google the Men's Advocate SoundCloud, and you'll see the, the station's listing on the first listing. Go to the second entry, which will say my name, um, and then click on that, and it will take you to my personal uh, SoundCloud. Um, and it's so easy to search and find programs. It's all laid out for you. The pictures are there. The guests are there, what the topic is about. It's just so much fun. I'm sure you'll spend hours and hours um, downloading and enjoying these programs. So that's on the SoundCloud. And, of course, you can also go to the TuneIn app for my archive shows as well. We um, now have that back to being working, and it does show the program description um, for the first time. So that's really great. Otherwise, it would just formerly just say the date, but now it's saying more information than that. And you can click on whatever you would like to do. Okay, so today's guest, we're going to join, uh, the, uh, the person who is joining us today is David Fetter, and I'll be bringing him on in just a couple of minutes. 
Um, I'm just waiting to hear from my engineer that he is up and running. I don't see him on my side. Do you do you see him, Brett, on your side? Hi. What should we do? Um, maybe. Oh, you see him now? Can you confirm that you've connected, and then I'll make the introduction. Oh, there he is. David, are you with us today? Uh, I am. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to make uh, an introduction. Today's guest is David Fetter. He is a therapist based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and he holds a master's degree in social work, but prefers to refer to himself as a relational coach. Um, he has been in a in private practice for the past 15 years, specializing um, in helping people recover from infidelity. And as of 2013, he also became certified as a sex addiction, addiction therapist. He's currently in the process of writing his first book, which he hopes will be finished in draft form by this summer. He's very happily married with a growing family. Is that to say you have a new bundle on the way? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. And he believes in giving back to the community. This year will be his seventh time in completing a 120-mile bicycle uh, ride from Toronto to Niagara Falls, raising money to conquer cancer in our lifetime. Thank you um, so much for joining us today, David. How are you today? I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny. You make me laugh when you asked if we had a bundle on the way we we actually just had our, our first grandson. So, uh, you know, so in fact, it's not our bundle that we've created, but it's certainly very, very much a part of our life. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So we're talking today about infidelity, whether or not, you know, counseling, you know, does work in these types of situations. And I wanted to get a little bit about your background what got you started in this area of research, and why are you um, known as an infidelity expert? Um, well, it's a really, it's a really excellent question, and uh, you know, I think that um, with spe specifically with why I got involved in this kind of work was um, probably, I'm going to say, probably around twenty twenty odd years ago, I met with my first couple. Um, where the presenting issue was infidelity. And um, the, the sense I got from that couple, because they actually uh, got to the other side of, of the affair and, and stayed together, um, was that as long as people uh, were given another option other than heading for a divorce um, and trying to find the, uh, the best lawyer who could advocate on their behalf, <clears throat> I really felt that people could um, overcome this uh, significant trauma uh, to a relationship. So um, that, that was one of the factors that sort of steered me in, in that direction. The other was that um, I felt that too many people were um, heading for lawyers and separating and breaking their family apart uh, because they really didn't have that option. So I wanted to provide that for them um, so that fewer families were, were being uh, 
uh, devastated by by the uh, by this uh, trauma that uh, was impacting families. And finally, the uh, the other reason was that uh, what we know from the statistics is that the children of divorce who do the worst are children coming from high conflict separations and divorces, where where the parents remain in in conflict for you know for sometimes years and years and years and these are the children who develop academic problems social problems um and i i i wanted to even for families that were couples that were not going to stay together after infidelity what i wanted was to reduce the animosity so that children would have a better chance because you know the the issue around mental health is that it grows exponentially so um it was in a sense, an investment in not only the present, but the future. That sounds great. And a couple of statistics to that end. Um, affairs affect one out of 2.7 couples, which is almost one-third of all of us. Mm-hmm. And cheating <clears throat> doesn't necessarily make us happier. We'll talk a little bit about that after the break. And only 3% of men marry the woman that they're having an affair with. And of those who do, eventually 75% of those couples do get a divorce. So we're going to talk about some of the statistics a little bit more um, right after the break. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. If you have any comments or question on this topic, please feel free to um, ask David uh, Fetter, our guest today, and that call-in number is 951-922-3532, We'll catch you right back. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk.
Welcome back, everybody. You're now joining the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We're talking to fidelity, infidelity expert David Fetter. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the numbers. Okay, so um, another statistic that I came up with is the majority of those who commit adultery are happy in their lives and, and relationships, and they aren't even looking for a breakup. According to Rutgers University, um, according to their study, 56% of men who had affairs were happy with their partners, while only 34% of women who cheated were also really content in their relationship. Would you like to comment on that, David? And also, please uh, give us some of your st statistics. Well, those are those are completely accurate. Uh, so, good research on your part. Um, you know, the the affairs uh, very often the, the reason that, are, that the people believe affairs take place is because of unhappy marriages. But as you as you correctly just pointed out, that's not necessarily the case. Um, there's actually other reasons as well, and um, and Sometimes, you know, when it's not an unhappy marriage, um, affairs could also happen because of characterological issues um, and psychiatric uh, diagnoses. Um, you know, some examples of that would be narcissism, uh, you know, for people who are, you know, particularly narcissistic and, and qualify for that disorder. These are people, um, as well as other personality disorders, these are people who are not necessarily going to be thinking about other people or the impact that their actions are having on other people. Um, they're making decisions for themselves, and, um, and you know, so that's a that's a, a large reason um, why why affairs happen. And in this category, I'm talking about or referring to people who, um, you know, are, are are qualifying for that diagnosis. The um, in any affair, there's going to be some degree of narcissism, but not everybody uh, qualifies for the, uh, for the personality disorder. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other, the other uh, example would be um, a psychiatric diagnosis such as bipolar 2, where, um, you know, one aspect of bipolar 2 is hypersexuality. And, um, you know, I worked with, um, I'm, I'm currently actually working with a, a gentleman who came in because his wife uh, cheated on him and uh, you know he was looking at it from the perspective of um, you know really trying to understand and wondering why why this happened but um, uh, it wasn't long after that she was assessed by a psychiatrist and uh, unfortunately diagnosed with bipolar 2 so her behavior her choices were very much dictated by the by the illness the the third category of, uh, of, of why affairs happen would be, you know, existential affairs where, um, you know, there's an opportunity uh, for, for something to happen. Someone is bored. Someone is uh, um, not particularly um, mature in their choices and they go for it, believing that um, their, their wife or husband is not going, they're not going to find out. So these are some of the categories, if you will, that um, uh, that affairs take place in, and um, you know you can see from that that it's not always because of an unhappy marriage. So way back in the day, when a good part of religion was invented. Um, for the protection of women and children to keep the, the families intact, 
prior to that point in time, do you think that infidelity is nature or nurture? Meaning, if it nature, is it a biological function that we are driven to, you know, have multiple, um, you know, partners? Or is it nurture? Meaning, is it our uh, environment? Is it our upbringing? Is it our religious beliefs and our moral standards that influence our behavior? Um, the short answer is, I think it's both. You know, there's. Uh, I think that in any, in any, uh, you know, situation, I think both are present. Um, it, but I, 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 I think a big part of it is. Um, is, is nurture how we grow up the values we we learn uh, the beliefs we have um, all of these have tremendous impact on uh, on whether a person will will, will cheat or not um, you know recently I went to a um, I attended a conference and the presenter said fidelity is difficult you know it's um, it's but it's difficult for all of us but some of us are um, able to you know withstand the uh, temptations that exist outside um, and some of us not and I think that, that I, I believe that it's um, often determined by um, by the uh, the way we're, we're nurtured and the life experiences that we have I see I think for me based on my research I'm gonna lean a little bit more towards nature meaning I think it's just our biological drive to procreate and to that end way back when you know when the earth was first started it wasn't all that clear whether you know our species would survive or not so I think back in in those days it was a matter of you know I guess the guy would spread his seed far and wide to make sure that the population continued so if we fast forward some millions of years past that point I think uh, the subject today is a question of choice. Um, you, you sort of have to get away from your animal drive. The animal drive might be dictating for us to have multiple partners, but the choice factor is more you have to use your human drive. You have to use your cognitive ability to say, wow, that looks really tempting, but you know, I have um, a spouse and family at home, so I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to dip my, you know, hands in the candy jar. I, I agree, uh, and I think that, you know, the the um, you know when I answered your question, I said I, I think that there was influenced by both. Mm -hmm. But you know, but I think that you know, just to be honest with you, I, I just got off, um, I got out of a session, and this uh, individual, um, you know, who's having an affair and currently having an affair, but you know realizes he needs to end it in order to work on his relationship but what he's driven by is this incredible um, fear if you will of being alone and um, and that is a really really powerful driver for him and where it where it originates from is his unfortunately he his mother um, passed away when he was very very young so he felt um, to some wow. degree ab abandoned by her and then his dad remarried and his stepmother um, never wanted to have anything to do with him so he felt um, he grew up feeling very much abandoned and it's that unresolved emotional need of and fear of abandonment and of being alone 
and not loved that is driving his um, his uh, pathway back to the affair partner. Um, you know, well, he's been there twice now, and hopefully this will be the the end of it. But but he has to deal with that unresolved issue. Wow, that's great that you guys were able to make the connection of where this all started. I think that's absolutely. Um, the area that needs to get looked at. So basically, he's currently married, right? Is is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. He's yes. currently married, and he went outside of his marriage uh, for the affair. So I guess the the initial thought is one is good, but two is better. So out of two people, you know, the likelihood that one of those people are going to leave me is, you know, he's just maybe upping his odds. So neither one, you know, leaves him. Well, interesting way to put it. Um, you know, I think I think though, in, in, and I'm sure that that happens for some people. In reality, in his situation, it was more a function of he already felt um, emotionally abandoned by his wife, right. and and hence went went looking elsewhere for, you know, to set to to meet that need, that unresolved need, but not doing it in in a way that is is either healthy or. Um, or uh, in a sense undermines what it does is it, it undermines his you know what he really wants in life and that is to be in a long-term committed relationship so so it gets it gets very complicated and you know in you know pointing out as you did that it's good to make that connection you know in the treatment of infidelity that in my opinion is is an essential part of treatment and that is um, you know I didn't come up I didn't uh, coin the term but it's it's uh, arriving at a shared narrative of why why this affair happened. Uh, people need to understand why affairs happen in order to heal from them. Absolutely. I think the why is very important, and it's kind of coincidental um, that his current wife, also he feels abandoned with the current wife. Maybe that's why he sought out, you know, a, yet another woman. So that's very, it's very interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I understand. All right, so fear of being being alone might be a particular reason. Let's let's go to some other reasons um, why. Um, one area that I was reading about with psychiatrist Gail Saltz, she claims that some men cheat to avoid any real intimacy because intimacy scares them. So they distance themselves from their wife or girlfriend by cheating on her. So this way, they never fully have to rely on someone else. And by not relying on someone else, they can't get hurt. So it's a sort of like, uh, you know, I'll beat you to the punch. Be you know, before it happens to me, I'll have it happen to you kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that along the lines of um, not being fully committed in a relationship, um, you know, so... Uh, one of the one of the major factors um, that I find in working with with men is that a lot of men don't know how to be relational, and um, they don't really understand um, women. They don't understand what you know how to read women. They don't they don't um, and and that combined with not really um, feeling totally safe with giving completely giving of themselves. So there's, um, you know, as, uh, as, as that doctor said, not, be, not being fully committed to a long-term uh, relationship uh, by seeking out another relationship is one way to avoid the intimacy. Wow. All right. So why does a person become a cheater? Do you think? I mean, do you think we all inherently have that quality, or do you think it's something um, that 
triggers the cheating to occur. Maybe they were, you know, in my research, you know, when I do life coaching with a lot of these players, one of, probably one of the first questions I ask them is what happened in high school? And they almost invariably give me an answer of someone cheated on them in high school. A woman cheated on them in high school. They put their, it was one, it was their first love and they were so open. They were so vulnerable. They were so into this girl. And unfortunately, you know, the girl ran off with their best friend or some other person, one of their classmates or what have you. And, and the guy got stuck in that point in time and decided to insulate himself and to never be experience that level of hurt again with a future woman. So why do you think that a lot of uh, guys become cheaters? Uh, you know, in my, in my practice, um, because I put such an emphasis on um, life experiences, um, in addition to the other categories of, um, uh, that I said were reasons for, for affairs, you know, characterological mm -hmm. and existential affairs. But the, you know, so sometimes, you know, the, the, uh, the reason why people are driven to affairs is, as I said earlier, because of a, of a diagnosis. But other than that, and, and to be, to be uh, clear, those are not the majority of the, uh, of the individuals that I'm working with. Those are a minority of the individuals. But do I think we're all capable? I, I, think, I think that there is the capacity uh, for all of us. Um, however, what protects us from, from cheating is, as I said earlier, you know, our values, our beliefs, and how our needs are being met or not. The people who, who cheat, in, in many instances, are, are people who, whose needs are not being met and who's, who, who um, do not for, or have not, for whatever reason, developed um, you know, good values, um, you know, had, had um, the opportunity or given themselves the, the opportunity to think about the impact of their, of their actions and behaviors on others. So empathy and developing you know, solid empathy and the ability to, to care for another person's feelings and not wanting to hurt others. But, but what, what supersedes um, all of that quite often are the unmet and unresolved uh, needs that can go back to childhood. Great. All right. If you have just, just joined us, you're listening to The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You're on with my guest today, uh, infidelity expert, David Fetter. We're, we're going to be happy to take your calls or questions on this subject of infidelity. Call us at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. After we come back from the break, we'll talk to reactions to infidelity and what is the other party thinking? We'll, we'll catch you right back after the break. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world. And you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head on over to Henson Brewing Company, Burbank's first craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. 
Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming winter 2016. Hanson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hi guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good-looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM. Where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. You're on with my expert uh, today, David Fetter. He is a infidelity expert. We're, uh, David, before we uh, get into the injured spouse uh, thoughts and feelings, um, I wanted to touch on what you said before the break. You were saying something about um, if men haven't learned to connect. You know, women really like being in a relationship. Re- relational environment they they are they like connections so if the man has grown up for some reason not learning that skill and he's unable to connect with the wife i mean that that'll create a lot of tension in the marriage so what do you say to that man before he engages in a long-term relationship or marriage to help him with that attribute uh before the marriage yeah, like if he hasn't ever, like during childhood, if he hasn't learned to connect, you know, or maybe, um, you know, parents who are raising, you know, raising teenagers or raising um, prepubescent uh, children, what would you say to those parents to make sure that that, that that party does have the ability to connect with others? Um, well, I mean, if you're if you're referring to, uh, I, I just want to make sure I understand your question in terms of what I would tell parents. You, you were saying you were saying that one reason why he might cheat is because he never learned how to relate to others, and that that's okay. a very good premise. So, 
what's the cure for that? I mean, as an adult, what's his cure? And as a parent trying to teach their child to be more relational, you know, are there some tips that, that uh, one can engage in to help with that matter? Well, I think that the, the, the key, um, you know, certainly for kids growing up and what parents can do is um, engage with their children and include them in conversation, um, help them to uh, or show them that their feelings are important and, um, and engage in conversations where not only are the kids encouraged to uh, share feelings, but also to listen to other people share their feelings. So, um, you know, because through that kind of interaction uh, and, and, and talking about that, uh, people or kids will learn that their feelings are uh, valuable. That they're not going to, that that it's it's important to share their feelings. It's um, what what what's not healthy is to keep your feelings in and uh, and and then to process those feelings. So I think parents acting as good as good role models not only with their kids but letting their kids see the parents do it with each other is right. uh, is critical. Um, when it comes to uh, the the men that I'm working with, um, and you know, had a, a a session with a gentleman today who, where that is the present, you know, one of the presenting issues, and you know, he wants to rebuild his marriage with his wife after in, after his affair, but he is um, very much in his head, and what his wife needs is for him to get into his heart and to share with her at an emotional level, and also for him to anticipate what his wife is feeling. Um, not that he's going to be, you know, Houdini and be able to guess and be right all the time, mm -hmm. but, but to, 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 to try to have a sense of what she's, she's feeling and, and to check in with her around that. Um, you, know, part, you know, and I think it's, it's important to mention that part of recovery uh, is being able to, uh, for the involved partner to to be able to anticipate what the hurt partner may be feeling at a time at, at a given time, and you know, a really good example is um, you know a situation where there's an anniversary of something related to the affair. So this is a year later, mm -hmm. and and something related to the affair. Uh, you know, just for our purposes, let's say this is the day that the spouse found out that the affair was happening. Okay. So it's important for the person who had the affair, for the involved partner, even a year later to be thinking, okay, this is the date and my, my wife or my husband is going to have, you know, potentially going to have a difficult day that day. And I'm going to be mindful of that and I'm going to just check in and say, how, how are you doing? So what I try to teach people and part of, you know, part of uh, recovering from infidelity is not only doing the insight-oriented work through through therapy, but also to to act as a coach as well, and to teach um, and educate kids. Uh, sorry, the 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 adults um, what to what 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 is really going on and how to relate to your spouse um, in a relational way. Great. Awesome. By the way, if you'd like more information on David Fetter, you can visit him on his website, 
closeconnections.ca. That's closeconnections.ca. And keep in mind that's .ca for Canada as opposed to .com.ca. And he also writes a newsletter called Close Connections. Um, just hop on to his website and go to the Close Connections uh, for the appropriate link. By the way, I'll put all these links on my Facebook fan page. Um, and also, David um, has a podcast of his own, and it's called Divorce Source Radio. So you can visit him there at uh, divorcesourceradio.com. That's Divorce Source Radio radio.com let me let me just um just about the podcast yes the, you know my my show is called the anatomy of an affair and it's on divorce source radio divorce source radio is actually somebody else's site um and he 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 produces the podcast so just want to be clear on that oh okay so they go to the website divorcesourceradio.com and they click on anatomy of an affair uh the anatomy of an affair or they could uh they could put in my name and uh it should all come up Okay, awesome. Thanks for that clarification. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about the injured spouse. Um, Where to pick up the pieces from there? What do you recommend? So we're talking about the person hurt by the affair? Yes. Um, Well, you know, the, uh, I mean, my recommendation is always uh, for the hurt partner or or injured spouse to, um, you know, to honor themselves. And, uh, you know, to reach out for the appropriate support uh, after they discover that an affair has happened or, there, or there's a disclosure of, of the affair. The, um, the hurt partner is always, uh, well, I shouldn't say always, but to a large degree, uh, a very high percentage of the time, going to experience that information as a highly traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to... You know, it often feels as though their their world had instantly just uh, crumbled uh, before their eyes. So, um, you know, the, in my in my experience, again, these are people who are really, really uh, desperate for for appropriate support. So, you know, re- reaching out to a professional, uh, developing a really solid support system um, is important. But very often, just figuring out how they're going to get through the next 24 or 48 hours right. is, uh, is critical. Right. And we were mentioning off-air that one way to uh, get past this hurt is to take it inward and, and ask yourself, you know, how was I instrumental in bringing this affair on? That my partner cheated on me, but, you, but it takes two to tango, so to speak. That, yes, the spouse cheated, but... You know, you have to look at also, did I contribute his or her cheating, contribute to his or her cheating? Talk a little uh, bit about that. Well, I think, that, you know, uh, it's a tremendous point and um, um, very much a part in the recovery process um, after, after infidelity. My, um, you know, my view or my experience is that that kind of insight um, comes after after some time, uh, because of the trauma uh, that the person experiences. So, you know, so many racing thoughts, so much going through their mind, um, fear, uh, anger, sometimes shame, um, you know, is felt by the, uh, by the hurt partner that, um, 
the the uh, potential for the hurt partner to be thinking in that way early on um, that certainly hasn't been my experience it but it it is a goal a goal of the treatment but you know the sooner that person the uh, the hurt partner can start thinking in that way the better because a hundred percent I mean it, you're uh, you're so right when you talk about it it, it takes two to tango and and uh, you know the, the the dynamic between the the uh, involved partner and the hurt partner is such that I've seldom seen a, a situation where both both spouses weren't uh, in some way contributing to the outcome. Right. But but at the same time, I think it's 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 absolutely critical for your listeners to you know for me to say that even so, the decision to have the affair is. Um, it all always belongs, or the responsibility for the affair always belongs to the involved partner since they made the choice. They didn't have to make that choice to, uh, right. to cheat. Right. I just know that there's a lot of uh, growth potential involved when the injured party, the hurt party, can actually say, you know, okay, what was my contribution in this? How did, did something that I do or not do lead to this end result? I think there's a lot of growth opportunity there for, for both of the partners. Oh, I think that you're right. I think that the, you know, that I would say is one of the, the turning points in therapy, that when the, you know, the hurt partner can have that degree of clarity and start looking at themselves and stop feeling a victim, that's when they start feeling actually empowered and they could actually do something to make a positive difference. So, um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Awesome. One of my listeners is uh, sending me a message and uh, Mike writes that after 15 years of marriage, uh, the wife cheated on him and there were so many opportunities for counseling before that event happened and she always refused. Um, and he says the problem is the narcissist doesn't want to admit they've done anything wrong or that there is even a problem. And in his view, that's why he thinks counseling doesn't work. So how would you uh, address Mike and his question? Um, I, I, I would say that um, if, we're, if his wife is truly a, nar- is truly a narcissist, then um, the likelihood of a positive outcome in terms of staying together is greatly reduced. So, you know, the... In, in relationships where a, uh, uh, one of the spouses is narcissist, um, I would say the, the uh, potential, as I say, for a positive outcome for the couple to stay together um, would, would probably be very, very minimal. And um, I think in general, treatment for narcissism or for any of the other, you know, hardcore personality disorders, I mean, there's not a great... Um, they're, 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 the statistics are not great uh, as far as uh, treatment outcome. So I think that uh, I'm not surprised to hear him say that counseling doesn't work. But I, I, I think we have to be careful not to, um, you know, not not to t- take the example of treating narcissists or treating uh, per- people with uh, personality disorders and say that counseling doesn't work for for everyone. The the uh, statistics are that uh, two thirds of people after infidelity manage to stay together. Is there a way to outgrow narcissistic behavior? Um, 
I, I you know it can be improved, but um, the chance um, the chances are, are are against because narcissists tend to think you know everybody else is at fault. Right. So so I, I I'm not optimistic. To right. Be honest with you. I have a, another listener who's writing in. His name is Avery, and you know how a lot of uh, men are very visual, especially when it comes to sexual um, sexual topics. They're very visual. So the thought of his wife cheating on him, it's really hard for most guys to get that visual out of their head. So what would you recommend um, our listener, Avery, from getting past that point? Um, so... Do we have any more information about about that situation? Uh, she hasn't cheated yet, but the general question that I posed before uh, starting the show is, you know, how would you address it um, if your spouse cheated on you? And his answer to me was, you know, I would think, quote, I would think that she would have a lot of nerve to even offer sex after she's cheated with somebody else. I would have too much hurt, anger, and disgust to even consider having sex with her again. And I think, end quote, and I think it's because a lot of men have a visual in their head of what it's, what that visual is like by their spouse having sex with some other guy. So, you know, is, is there a possibility to remove that visual or replace it with something better so he well, can I move think, past this point in time? Yeah, I think the ideal for whether it be the man who cheats or the woman who cheats, the ideal and what is, you know, often recommended is not to share, you know, too much or any information about what happens physically in the, you know, so-called intimate relationship between two people when they're, when they're cheating, because it's, it's extremely difficult to get those images. I agree. It's very, it's very difficult to get those images out of one's, uh, one's mind once it's there. So, so, it's, almost, you know, it's almost like a car crash. I don't know if uh, any, if you or my listeners have been in a car crash. It's like the the milliseconds of that car crash, they replay in your mind almost like in slow motion. And it's really hard. Like every time you go to that intersection again or the site of the accident, you, your mind wants to go right to the original incident. And so um, in this case, I think with our listener, Avery, you know, this event hasn't happened yet, but he can just begin to imagine that he just absolutely can't get that visual out of his head. Yeah, and, that, and that's, um, you know, uh, two points. I mean, uh, certainly with what he's saying, I think that the, the key is um, that is that is an area of the affair that is um, recommended not to be shared. Uh, because of the visuals and because it's extremely difficult to to get past it and you know once but once it's there you know the uh, you know the goal I think for everyone is that if the couple is going to get to a place where they can uh, they get to that place where they want to be physically intimate with one another again that uh, they're creating new memories and and uh, that they're sharing just together but it's it's a very very challenging aspect uh, or thing to get over when that happens. And and as far as your example of a car accident, I mean, that's exactly what happened to me. I wasn't in an accident, but I saw a very, very serious accident. Yes. And I would say that every time, and it was on the highway, um, and every time I went past that 
part of the highway, I'd say for six, eight months, um, I was I was literally perspiring and feeling very anxious because uh, of what I what I was seeing in my mind's eye. Yeah, you're emotionally attached to that scene. Mm-hmm. That's the that, trauma. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So they say that a lot of cheating uh, spouses, you know, they do leave clues. Maybe they leave their email open or their social media open. And maybe they really do need help and they want the spouse to find out. So they inadvertently, you know, leave certain telltale clues that the uh, hurt spouse will eventually find. So that being said, the other way around, like if your spouse doesn't know you're cheating, would you recommend that the cheating spouse disclose that to the uh, the other party? To the hurt part, to the uh, other spouse, right? Um, the cheating spouse. Would you recommend they proactively share this information with the other party, with their spouse? Um, I do. You know, I think that the you know if if the spouse who's cheating wants to stay in their relationship. Um, then, I mean, first of all, they have to end the affair, and then um, they do need to, uh, or I recommend that, in most cases, that they they share that information. Um, I think that you need to look at each each uh, coupleship, if you will, and the dynamics in that relationship um, on an individual uh, couple by couple basis. Um, you know, because I think you always have to be careful about um, the potential outcomes, and that is, you know, how is is that information going to be received? Is uh, is the um, other spouse emotionally stable? Is there a potential for su- for you know suicidal ideation? Um, is there a potential for um, uh, aggression or or uh, you know is someone someone going to hurt somebody. So I think that each, each, uh, each couple, uh, you know, from my perspective, I would look at the dynamics in each case. I would talk to the person who's having the affair. Um, you know, I would talk to them about, uh, what they expect to happen, um, and look for, uh, you know, indicators that would, that would tell me whether, uh, whether or not it's safe, or appropriate or under what circumstances that the information should be shared but if a couple wants to stay together uh, you don't build true intimacy by keeping secrets and and in a general way I would say that my recommendation would be to uh, to own up to what you've done and uh, and then to start the recovery from that I'm going to have to dis- respectfully disagree with you on this one, okay, <laughs> because fine. I think a lot of the times when the cheating spouse shares this information, it's sort of sort of to unburden his guilt, and I don't see that much benefit from the receiving party. So it's it's like okay, I've dumped on you, and now I want you to say you know. I'm going to say I'm sorry, I want you to forgive me, and that's the end of that. So I don't see that much of a benefit to the receiving party. So if he has an inclination to cheat or if he's already cheated, I think that's the uh, you know issues that need to get addressed either um, individually or as a, as, a, as a couple. 
But um, just to unload because you're feeling guilt yourself, I don't think, I, I don't know, I, I don't really agree with you on this one. Well, I, I didn't say it was to unload. I, 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 I was. But I isn't was that the her. intention of the guilty party is just to unload? Um, well, I don't, you know, it's almost like he's going to confessional or something like that, and the priest is suppo- supposed to absolve him of uh, any sins, but it's not so easy. Well, I think the goal is to create intimacy. And, you know, can a person who's keeping a secret be totally present in a relationship? And right. I, think, I think that's a challenge. So, you know, it's not just to unload, it's to, it's to begin the rebuilding process from ground zero and, and not having any secrets. Can they not start to, uh, you know, build new avenues, new bridges without that disclosure? Uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's possible to to do that, but right. I think you're doing it from a from a place of disadvantage. Right. So I, I, I mean, I, I share what your concern is about unloading and just dumping this on the on the hurt partner, right. but um, and creating a hurt partner. But it's really, it's really, from my perspective, to create intimacy, and I don't think you could do that by keeping secrets. Right. If you've just joined us, we just have uh, about a little bit less than a minute left. You're listening to David Fetter. He's my um, infidelity expert who's on today. You can reach him on his website, closeconnections.ca. That's closeconnections.ca. Please check out his podcast and his newsletter, um, you know, from that link. And, uh, and uh, we will... Um, be join, you'll be joining us at each and every Wednesday on the Men's Advocate Show. Uh, we're, we're on 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Please make sure to check out the Men's Advocate page on my Facebook uh, fan page and also check out the archives. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week, and thanks for joining us. <laughs>